What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to New Hill Talks, a podcast for the members and regular attenders of New Hill Church. My name is Michael Meadows. I'm the lead pastor at New Hill Church. And Mark Sherry, pastoral candidate. All right, pastoral candidate of the month. Of the month. Yeah. Was you're the only months in a row? You're the Two only candidate. Uh, I don't know, Simon was just voted in a couple weeks ago, so. Yeah. You're officially the only candidate. Well, it's it's like Rose tells me I'm her favorite husband, one and only, so. Are you one of those guys like I guess you you can't you got two boys and two girls. Yeah. You can't do you're my favorite I son. I say you're my you're my favorite seven year old daughter, you're my favorite ten year old son. So yes, I do that. Yeah, you do that. You're you're as bad as Gary. That's a dad oh, yeah. that's a dad joke kind of thing. But yeah, well, I think it's it's important to you know, you have to have a certain level of innocence with kids and that's where the dad jokes fit in. It's for, yeah. it's forming them. Sure, no doubt. So I'm convinced as of this week Every person needs a good family table. Why is that? Because we we got one. Uh, so Nelson Juarez, our worship leader and one of our deacons, he gave us a, a new table. Aubrey wanted a round table for our dining room. Our, our, our house is small, so like we've got to work around. But the round tables are cool. Um, you can only fit a, a few people around them, though. And we had a round one. It was just like getting gross it was white so like the kids like markers and stuff it was like starting to stain it um it was cheap i feel like it was like ikea or something and it was fine it served its purpose but then nelson brings this one over and it's like got the wood grain and um it's really cool i think he helped piece it together like he helped glue it together and like one of his friends made it or something but something about it like laying my bible out on it oh yeah and then every morning uh i've been reading just the gospel of Mark with Maley. Yeah. Um, it's only been a few days. So like, if you're like, Oh, of course, pastor like is constantly sitting down in the mornings and I'm just trying to get in like an actual rhythm. So like I talked to Maley about Jesus. I talked to her about the scriptures, but like, um, just like slowing down and like reading through this gospel, like Mark's very easy. It's yeah. simple. Action-packed. It's packed. Yeah. And, and I've been going just based off the headers. So they've been small right. chunks too. Um, but like, I don't know. And it feels good. Like even when we had dinner, I'm like, oh, this is just feels nice. Like we're supposed to do this. Uh, Zach Brown has a good song called The Family Table. Well, now. And it's sweet. Now you can actually be the head of your household because before you had a quality, right? Like King Arthur's Round Table. I saw so You were basically table. one of. This is still many. Round Table. Oh, it's still yeah. Round. So you're it's not still yet, Round. That's why I'm saying. Yet the head of the we, home, we already right? had a Round Table. This is a Round Table now, but it's a little bit bigger, but it's also got the wood grain. Um, no, I one day maybe one, one day maybe <laughs> and maybe I'll be like one of those ones with like the leaf that like pulls out and extends oh, to yeah. like a fifteen person the table. The Stalos had to pull theirs apart and put the two leaves in uh, for study the other night. It was nice. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I actually helped uh, Nelson get a new table, and he got a big round table, and I mean big round table. I helped him pick it up, and he sat it on like one of those like trailers. Yeah, um, that's open. It's like not enclosed. Right. right. And it was wider than his car. Wow. So, like, had to, like, strap he it He fit down. it in his car? No, it was wider than his car. Oh, so, it was okay, on the trailer okay. on the yeah, back, yeah, and you yeah, could yeah. see that it was clearly wider than his car. Um, it was massive. Um, but, you know, when you're a family of eight. You need, you f- yeah. And then you want to have people over. Right. Uh, one of the most hospitable families, uh, for sure, that I know. Very gracious. Yeah. Anyway, what are you reading? Before we get into the topic today of what it means to be spirit-filled, um, what's that look like? 
What are you reading? So I just bought a couple books. One is a commentary on Daniel. Some of you might know that uh, Pastor Simon and I mm-hmm. uh, like to go back and forth on end times or eschatology. And so I started to dig in and I'm trying to understand the timing of Daniel 2 when the rock uh, or the stone cut, cut out without hands landed in the kingdoms of this earth um, and, and tries to find supporting points. Oh, goodness, I, I bought another book recently, um, and I'm going to have to find what it is, because I've been focused on this Daniel one. But yeah, we'll go with that Okay, first. How about you? I'm reading uh, a book that you actually lent me, um, The Five Points of All, all Millennialism, yeah, yeah, speaking baby. of Pastor Simon. Right, uh, right. Yes, I mean, you know, uh, for those of you listening, we, we talk about this because uh, eschatology, the, the study of end times, is an open-handed issue. Um, but it is such an interesting one. Um, you know, like I think we've all like grown in our respect for the other views um, because yes. they all fall within orthodoxy. Um, and, you know, there's there's room for error. But, man, like just watching. So, so for me, uh, full transparency, I know what I believe, but this is helping me articulate it um, because, you know, like I, me, Pastor Gary and Pastor Simon have been on the same page and we're not far off. Um, anyway, but when you came along, I was like, yeah, no, I agree with you. Oh, so like, this is what my belief really was. It didn't really like fully line up with this camp. Um, which is interesting because it's like, you're saying one thing, but like you're believing another unintentionally. It wasn't like I was trying to be deceitful even to myself, Right. but it's helping me articulate. And like, I'm like, yeah, of course I believe that. Like, do you you know, this is a, this is a secret. Do you know what I told Rose when I first came and I got in, uh, became friends with you guys. Uh, and I, and I had and still have high respect. I told Rose and I I probably shouldn't say this, but I said, I'll convert them to amillennialism within six months. Within six months. And so it was taking three times as long to get to that point. And what's funny is to be fair, though, I don't think you're converting. No, no, no. no. Yeah, it's it's bolting down. I'm not giving you credit. No, no, you don't have to. I don't want the credit. Uh, Well, especially now that I've I've made a shift to um, embrace a lot of the victorious components of postmillennialism. So that's another book I'm reading. I forgot to mention that one. I don't buy that. Eschatology of Victory. So uh, you know, I, I think you would agree with things, and, and here's where it really plays out practically. Like I think of Medina, I think of my city, how I want Medina to be a Christian city, like many others have done, Geneva, Moscow, Idaho, um, where we have Christian schools, we have Christian bars, we have Christian you know, fitness. Most of the people in the city are Christian. That is my end goal, and that's what I'm working towards, and also it helps me put into perspective uh, and do away with this whole like, you know, we're going to lose on this side of eternity and, you know, uh, the rapture is going to happen soon. What it really does is help me think of my grandchildren's children. So building a legacy with my kids, thinking about an inheritance. You think it's that long until Jesus comes back? I, first of all, I have no idea, but I tend to be on the side where I think it could be thousands of more years. It could not be. But I do think we probably are in the early church and that uh, the gospel is spreading in the world and increasing and expanding. And one day the, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters that cover the sea. Now, I don't hold to this view. Let me make it clear. I think there's many problems. It's probably a heresy. But isn't there a view <laughs> um, 
that the earth continues on yes. and you just go, what is so that view? That is called hyper-preterism, uh, also known as consistent preterism or covenant preterism. Those are the three titles that goes by. Okay, so, I always forget when we talk so, about preterism. So that's yeah. the hyper-view. Yeah, okay. so preterism is a word that just means past in the Latin. Yeah. And it's uh, there's a partial preteristic view, which is orthodox. It's within biblical Christianity. And then there's hyper-preterism. So, so it's a heresy. Hyperpreterism uh, is absolutely a heresy. Okay, cool. Probably a damnable one. I mean, too. not cool. I, right, you, cool you that were I right. knew. Yeah, you were right. Yeah. So basically, uh, the resurrection happened in 70 A.D. So there is no resurrection in the future. Uh, Jesus is never coming back. The world just going to continue oh, on because they it hold is that view that, yeah. to infinity. Right. And that is straight up heresy. And I'd rather be a hardcore dispensationalist rather than a hyperpreter. So, you know, the, the one thing that everybody within Christianity does agree about is that hyperpreterism is a heresy. That's the only thing we agree about Sweet. besides Jesus coming back. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So the topic today, what are we talking about? Yeah. Being filled with the spirit. What does that mean? If you could say in a nutshell, um, and then we'll kind of expound on it, what does it mean to be... Uh, filled by the Spirit. Yeah, so I, I gave this quite a bit of thought because we had a study on the personal Holy Spirit at group the other night, and it's it's hard to create like a dense, you know, put it in a, in a nutshell kind of comment, but I think just for, for practical illustration sake, uh, in Ephesians 5, Paul says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So I would understand there's a comparison between being under the influence of of alcohol, being drunk, being controlled by it, it dictating and manipulating your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, and being filled with the spirit where he is indwelling you and uh, filling you with his presence to change your emotions, your thoughts, your actions, your words, and and ultimately um, cause you to act like Jesus. So <clears throat> I think especially when we talk about this with Pastor Gary, I think there's like a few things to, at least a couple things to, to note. First off, um, here's another question for you, I guess to get to the issue without explaining it first. Um, is there a difference between being filled with the Spirit and uh, being indwelled by the Spirit? Yes. Okay, yes. so like baptism of the Holy Spirit right. is, is what? So when we're converted, you know, we're outside of the Spirit. He is the omnipresent God still operating, working, directing, but we have no relationship. We're not in covenant with the triune God, and, you know, we're, we're born God-haters. And so when the Spirit comes, He opens our eyes to Christ. He convicts us of sin, and He ultimately plunges us or baptizes us into Christ. It says we're all baptized by one Spirit. And that is where the indwelling process begins. Um, and then, so, so the way I understand it, and many others do, is that baptism of the Spirit and indwelling happen upon conversion, and those are permanent and have ongoing effects, which would include being filled with the Spirit. Okay. Yeah, so, so first off, baptism of the Holy Spirit happens at salvation. I think it's important to, to separate these, yes. because if you're a believer... Uh, the spirit's not coming and going, right? It's not like, um, you know, if you and your spouse get mad, it's like, oh, you got to go sleep somewhere else tonight. You've acted right. like a jerk. Right. Um, the spirit's not doing that to us. Mm -hmm. Like, eh, take off. Um, but then, like, you, you get verses. So this is the second thing, which goes into to what we're really talking about today. Um, 
I believe if I understood when you texted me, right? Um, that we can uh, be less full of yes. the Spirit. Um, and even to the verse, and I don't have it pulled up uh, yet, but don't quench the Spirit. Yeah. So like yeah, you can support. suppress this uh, relationship, uh, which is not good. It's unholy. It's un- ungodly, right? Um, it happens. So like don't think like, oh, I'm the world's worst person. But it's important to know these things um, so that you can do what I believe it's from Paul, right? Don't quench yeah. the Spirit. Yeah, Ephesians uh, 4.30, I believe. Okay. So, so that you can follow this command from the scriptures that says, don't quench the spirit. Um, so if you are a believer, if you believed in the gospel, uh, you repented of your sin and, and uh, surrendered to Christ, uh, then you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. The spirit is now dwelling inside of you. You are a, a, a temple of the living God. That's not what we're talking about today. Right. Um, that's right. That's for another topic of, or another podcast episode. If you have questions about that, shoot it in uh, to newhilloh.com slash ask. Let us know and we can do an episode on that. Um, By so, the way, I quoted, so 1 Thessalonians 5 is where Paul says, don't quench the spirit. And then um, Ephesians 4.30 is where he says, do not grieve the spirit. Yeah. So there's different facets of that, yeah. of that truth. Okay, so um, first off, like, I want to get in like the practicality, but is there yeah. anything else that you wanted to say? No, I again just to double down on what you said. It's so important because many people believe that um, basically, you know, you you can lose the spirit, and they quote David from the Psalms: "Do not take your Holy Spirit away from from me." And you have to understand that was a different administration of the covenant of grace where David was the king, and the king was anointed by the Spirit to do the work of the king as a leader, as a prophet. And so that's the context of that. It's not that David was saying, you know, don't, uh, I'm going to lose my salvation or I'm going to lose my position with God and God's spirit is going to depart from me. No, you can, you can't, as a Christian, you can't go anywhere from God's spirit. He indwells you. So that's just a double down on that. So yeah. people understand. So here's a question. Oh yeah. Now this, now this gets interesting. <laughs> and I do think that this is open-handed. Um, you, I don't think you'll disagree because uh, we've talked about it and I, I've studied this part, but like, um, were the Old Testament believers, uh, the church, um, were they <laughs> were they indwelt by the Spirit? Did the Spirit live inside of them? Were they a temple of the living God like we are today? We've had this discussion before, and and look, good folks line up on both sides of this. So okay. you can you can so you, you agree can, it's open handed. No, I I no. I'm convinced. <laughs> no. I, I agree. I, I agree. I could be wrong. And I'm okay being wrong. But it's open-handed because you could be wrong. That's yes. what, that's oh, what that's, I mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is not, I, I won't die, you know, I won't fight to the death over this, but I am convinced that the Holy Spirit did indwell the Old Testament saints because I don't, all the Old Testament saints have uh, the same regenerative, forgiving, um, filling presence we have, but to a smaller extent. Now, they, they're still regenerated in the same way. They're still justified, but... I see the Spirit is quite active in the midst of God's people, but there wasn't such an outpouring of the Spirit where everybody was a prophet, priest, and king. And now in the New Covenant, we are all prophet, priest, and king mm. with Christ as our head, and that Spirit has you know, trickled down to us, so to speak. So I, I'm convinced of it. I think I can make a pretty darn good biblical case. I have a couple, I have probably one big problem verse that I can explain in terms of magnitude. But anyway, what is your view on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I think that the, it might have been, it might have been Piper 
Um, he's got an article out. I think it's Piper. So he's don't he's don't for take, it. don't. Yeah, so it's probably not him. <laughs> um, one of those guys, though, says that it, it was more of like uh, he dwelt among them, right. uh, not right. in them. Yeah. And I go to um, that being like you're in the presence of God in like a way that I don't mm-hmm. think the Old Testament saints were. Right. Um, you know, because they had the temple that they went there. Mm-hmm. There was a veil, everything. Like there was a separation. Yeah. And then so like Jesus – and I don't know, like, that many people maybe make this connection. I'm, I'm sure I'm not, like, the only one. But, like, when Jesus is talking to the woman of the well, he says, uh, there will be a time where you no longer worship over there, right. uh, but you worship in spirit and truth. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's because the veil's been torn. Yeah. Now he's, he's been poured out. The spirit now dwells inside of all believers. Right. Um, again, like, so I agree with your point of making us prophet, priest, and king. It's just that I don't agree, like, with yeah, the Old yeah, Testament part. Yeah, that he dwelt and I think like the way the spirit moved among God's people allowed prophets to be raised up. Um, right. But yeah. And, and in Michael's view, the analogy would be this, that basically the Old Testament saints were like a bottle. Because it does talk about the spirit filling people in the Old Testament. Basically, they're a bottle without a cap. So the spirit would come in and go out once they executed a certain function for the church, the mm-hmm. Old Testament church, that is. And, you know, in the New Testament, there's a cap on the bottle. Um, so it's a good analogy, poor theology, but <laughs> still a great analogy. <laughs> I don't know that I would use that analogy. It's a terrible analogy. That's oh, a good one. Like, so you're saying we should put a limit on the spirit, cap him? That's like quenching him. No, that's that's yeah. analogies all break Here, down. I'm gonna get the spirit in a bottle, and Jesus. That gave. sounds like you're making the spirit a genie in a bottle. That is not honestly. If anything, your analogy it's, it's is terrible. It's the analogy your that side. he can come and go. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah. Do you think but, the, the Holy Spirit likes the song "Should I Stay or Should I Go"? No. <laughs> should I? I do. do you even know that song? <laughs> I do. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think he likes it. I think he's he's grieved by that song. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm in a. It's Friday. You know. I'm in a. I'm in a good mood. Um, okay. So fun discussion there but now being filled uh by the spirit so this is where pastor gary uses the 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 wording of the phrasing subsequent infillings um not new baptisms yes. um you're not rebaptized in the holy spirit you're baptized in uh the holy spirit at the moment of salvation um you don't have to do anything as far as speaking in tongues to prove that um the spirit if you've believed is now dwelling inside of you um, Especially since not all speak tongues, according to Paul in First Corinthians. Right. So this is good because um, really it begins to to allow us to to look at our life. Yeah. Um, I, like when when I practically think about this um, being filled with the Spirit, is I can look at my life and like look at my actions and and ask myself, is am I being filled with the Spirit? Mm. Now He's dwelling inside of me, right. but is that like is that Action that I just took is that a result of being filled with the Spirit, or am I quenching Him right. um, by going and living uh, my own way? So, to quench or to grieve, what would that mean? Like, what would that look like in a believer's life to say, "Yes, right now I'm quenching or I'm grieving the Spirit"? Like, what would what would someone have to do to to grieve the Spirit? So it, it's interesting talking about grieving the Spirit. If you look in the context of Ephesians four. 
he's now don't don't take this theologically but he's giving you replacement theology that is stop doing this start doing that so it's not just enough to stop stealing you have to work hard it's not enough to stop lying you have to tell the truth and so he's telling them put off your old self put on your new self he says put away falsehood speak the truth don't be angry or be angry and not sin um, don't steal and then he says, no, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. And, and then he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. So I would say that these particular sins and all sins grieve the spirit. That is a quenching of the spirit that basically we're feeding our flesh. And it's like a balloon. I, I use the illustration with the balloon. If you want to fill the balloon up, you blow into it. And, you know, we have two balloons in us, in a sense. You know, we have the sin nature and we have the new redeemed nature after the second Adam. And so if you're blowing into the one balloon, the works of the flesh, that is grieving the spirit. Um, but if you, you know, there's only, let me put it this way. There's only room for one full balloon to be inside of us. And so whichever one you're, you know, putting air into, that's the one that's going to be the predominant one that's you know, reflected. So as a Christian, you would say, um, so it's almost like you have two wills inside of yourself. Yes. So, um, I like the balloon analogy because regardless of how full one gets, the other one's still present. Right. Um, so you're deflating, you're grieving the spirit, you're quenching him. Right. So you're letting all the air out. Yeah. When we're told to, to, uh, be sanctified according to his word, which is truth, and that would be to uh, not grieve him, but to please him. Right. Right. And another one that, that people often use is the sailboat, right? Because there's, there's an analogy there where... You, you look know, like a sailor. I, you wouldn't you know, be drawn I've been to told it. I talk like a sailor sometimes, too. You know who you look like? You know where I'm going to go with this. I, I don't. The greatest sailor of all time. I, Popeye! <laughs> I thought you were going to say that guy from Gilligan's Island. Oh, let me give you a pipe. Does, he doesn't have a goatee, does he? I'm sorry. Go we're, ahead. We're finish, finish your analysis. Okay, I'm pulling so, up a picture of Popeye. So, man, Popeye was one ugly dude. Um, um, I mean, dude, he, that dude was on some serious steroids, by the way. It, was, it wasn't the spinach. You are Popeye, and he always wears jeans. You just, you simply need to get, get the, the little, Polish, he's got get the that Polish little tattoo. Nose. Yeah. Um, and I do have a pipe. I don't have a sailor set. Maybe you can get me one. Oh, I 100% will. So, so the, way, the way I think of it with the sailboat is basically, you know, you have two directions, a good direction, a bad direction. And, you know, when the spirit comes and fills you, he is pushing you in the right direction. Um, and, you know, if a wind pushes you the other way, you're being pushed in the wrong direction. So I think that's way... And, and on, on your point, I'll tell you what, ever since I started that study on the Holy Spirit, I have been much more intentional to ask God for more of the Holy Spirit's filling. And it's made a huge impact in my life, uh, even, man, I even think, this morning. I think, us, especially the Baptist world, and I've talked yes. about this since, since the beginning of, of New Hill, that's been like a, a point of emphasis is, is that we neglect the Holy Spirit yes. because others abuse Him. So like the yeah. easiest thing to do is like, you know, let the pendulum swing too far to the other side. Yeah. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is the Trinity, each person of the triune God is actively at work. Right. Like right. the Father is still working out his will 
um, Christ has accomplished, right? You know, like on the cross and um, actively saving his people. Us. Yeah, and and the Spirit is is sealing his people, uh, actively saving and coming upon them and dwelling inside of them, uh, sanctifying them according to the Word, convicting, convincing them of truth. Um, so we cannot cannot neglect the Holy Spirit. And I think like what you're saying is right. Like be praying to be filled with the Spirit. And and there's like a few ways that are like super practical in doing that, right? Like pray, and then like when you're praying, pray to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, but also, you know, be in God's Word. And man, it sounds so cliche. I just don't think we should ever get away from saying it. I agree. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Like when, like Pastor Simon. The other week when he preached on the church, he said, like, maybe you're the introvert. You don't want to go to church. Too bad. Like, yeah. come to church, sit in the back, like, be quiet, like, whatever you want to do. But right. be, be here. Be present. Yeah. And that's what I would say with the word. Like, in the mornings you don't want to read it, read it. Like, it, it's like being at church. You may feel like you got nothing out of it, but by being there, your soul got something out of it. 100%. Right. Like. Uh, Pastor Gary always says it's like supernatural and it's true like being there like that's why we think it's important for the kids to be in there right like there's something that cannot be replicated um, from the gathering of God's people so like when you're there whether or not you feel like you're getting much you're getting something same with his word like you may you may read Mark chapter 1 first seven verses I think that's the first like little break you walk away with no new understanding but you were in it yeah like we're supposed to delight in it, right? Like, right. and sometimes it's just like disciplining yourself in it. And before you know it, it's like I need it. Like, I need to get up and I need to read the Bible. I need to be a part of it. Like, and one one of the Spirit's works is to bring things to remembrance. So even if it doesn't click with you right there, you know, it's in you. Um, I don't remember what I ate two weeks ago, but I know if I didn't eat. I'd be malnourished. Now it's not a struggle for me, mm-hmm. but still, you know, we don't. We may not always remember all the meals we eat, but they're necessary to make us grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me let me ask you. I, I have a couple questions on this uh, because I grew up charismatic, mm-hmm. and it was hyper charismatic, where the spirit was basically a feeling. Right? If you get goosebumps, that's the Holy Spirit. Everything's very sensational, and you know, aside from speaking in tongues and all that. Uh, and being slain of the spirit, what what does how do you know? What does that look like to be filled with spirit, and how do you know? What does it look like to be like filled yeah. by the spirit? And yeah, how just do you, pri- know? Pri- you know, a mom, a stay-at-home mom changing diapers. You know, a dad going to a nine-to-five. You know, then taking the car to get the oil changed. Like, how how can a person say I am filled with the the spirit? What does that look like? I mean, practically, it, and that's why, like, you know, we've talked about, like, lordship salvation and, like, yeah. you know, they don't want to, like, look at works, right? Like, the, the lordship people, they don't want to, you should no, evaluate. Lordship people say that works, you, you must uh, you must evaluate the works in order to ascertain if that person's saved. Right. So, the problem there is, like, your works don't save you. Um, but for sure, you'll know um, because your desires are being changed. Yes. Now, like, and it's almost like, so there's a spiritual war for your soul, but then, um, I think there's a, a spiritual war, uh, for disunity, mm-hmm. like, um, disruption. So like when that like switch flips and you're like, yeah, like I love God, you're going to experience this battle for 
for um, your witness, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, be, because at that point, the Spirit's now um, dwelling inside of you and using you to to go and to, to bring the kingdom here on earth, right? Like, essentially. Right. So so when, when we are out of the Word, when we're not reading, when we're not praying, when we're not living as Christ has called us to live, then what it does is it takes us from witnessing. It takes us from going and evangelizing. It takes us from from going and exalting the name of Jesus above all other names. Mm. Um, for me, like that's one of the most practical ways because um, like for me, when, when I'm not in the word, I feel convicted. Like yeah. when I'm when there's outreach events and I don't want to go, like oh, imagine that like pastor doesn't want to go to like another event. Like and, and I know that, that this will resonate with people because we're busy. We've got busy schedules. But that feeling that you, you probably have, um, if you're like me, of not wanting to go to these things. And it's not all of them, right? It's like there's just some nights where it's like, oh, this week was crazy and I don't want to go and, and pass out tracks. I don't want to go talk about Jesus tonight. But you're feeling that conviction. Um, I think that's a clear sign. Like that's, yeah. that's one of the things for me because... Um, I can tell you before, like, I didn't want to do that stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't care about it, but like now I'm like, man, like I need to be there. Like I need to, to go and to tell people about Jesus. Like I I wanted to go do that. That's what, that's what I I got the whiteboard out for my kids. And we talked about being filled with the spirit. Mm -hmm. The first 15 minutes were about questions on the Trinity, of course. And I created a little graph for them, but, um, you know, I, I talk through um, one of the first evidences that you have the Spirit is that you are convicted of sin. That is one of his ministries. Yeah. Um, and then I, I was also thinking, like, along the terms of being, like, practical, you know, because we don't, I think, I think you can be filled in the Spirit and be weeping on the ground because one of your family members just passed away. I think, you know, I, I don't, like, this, this is a struggle I have is, you know, the, the rub between what I grew up with were so sensationalized, the goosebumps, the feeling, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just the practical, the joy of the spirit, right? And also in Ephesians, right when he says, you know, be filled with the spirit, he gives commands. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband. So if a wife is submitting to her own husband, she's demonstrating uh, being spirit-filled. Husbands sacrificially love your wives when a husband is sacrificially loving his wife he's demonstrating that children obeying their parents servants obeying their masters masters treating their servants well and i think you know to to sum it up from a galatians 5 that the fruit of the spirit like when you have love joy peace patience kindness gentleness meekness faithfulness and self-control i think that you can say hey i am filled with the holy spirit and I think it's a battle, right? The flesh, my flesh fights against the spirit constantly and I'm constantly falling. But what I've been kind of training my, myself to do is when I am not filled with the spirit, when I'm filled with the works of the flesh, I've been actively saying, God, can you forgive me? Fill me with your spirit. Use me. And I could be exhausted. I could be, you know, I could have sinned a little while ago, whatever it is. And you can still, by the grace of God, be filled with the spirit and and you know do what you need to do yeah i i agree and i think to sum up like what i was saying like you you hit it yeah conviction of sin right but but i think there's like this this challenge for people to at least understand the difference of conviction and just simple guilt yeah um because um you know the the easiest example that comes to mind is judas 
Like yes. he was so guilty of his sin that, you know, he killed himself. Right. Um, so like, how would you explain, um, and just, you know, maybe a sentence or so the difference of, of guilt of our sin and conviction of our sin? Yeah. So there, there's a worldly sorrow and there's a godly sorrow in the, in the case of Judas, um, you know, he had affections for Christ. I think he was friends with him. Yeah, I don't think like you know, like when we look at that story, he didn't hate Jesus. No, I mean his spirit, like yeah, hated no, they his were, deity. Essentially, they, they they were friends. Um, you know, and and I think you know the human mind is complex, unregenerate. That is, unsaved people demonstrate all kinds of the image of God in themselves, and you know they show. Com- compassion, kindness, uh, they show evidences that they're made in the image of God. But in the case of uh, Judas, he, like Peter, sinned. Peter denied Christ. Judas, as far as we know, didn't go out to, you know, verbally deny Christ in front of others. He had his hand in the money bag and didn't care. You but said I, Peter didn't publicly P- deny P- Christ? P- no, Judas didn't. Oh, Peter yeah, did. Yeah. P- okay, Peter, yeah. so, so just to contrast, like, I'm like godly sorrow. He got mocked by yeah, a little girl. Yeah, to contrast, like, godly sorrow, yeah. Peter, right, denying Christ, and then bitterly weeping, hating his sin, and returning to Christ versus uh, worldly sorrow, which is Judas, of just... Living know, in not, despair. Yeah, living in despair and... You know, he knew about Jesus. He knew Jesus on a personal level, but he didn't trust in him. And so I think it's a court, like one of the things I hope we wrap up with is how do you, you know, receive the spirit? It's through faith in Galatians. And how do you continue in the spirit? It's through faith. Uh, Judas didn't start or end with faith. Mm-hmm. And so I think it does come down to who you trust. 100%. Yeah. Just didn't trust. Well, yeah. And, and this is where it's like Christ has set you free from what? From the the grip of sin and death, right. which is grief and sorrow, and so like yes, you can like you said, you can weep right at the the death of someone, or you can weep at your sin or whatever. But like the guilt must go away for the Christian. Yes, like you were free in Christ. Right now, it's that freedom um, that that causes you to feel that conviction. Like Christ has set you free from what you're doing, right, mm. and and the grip of it. So. Um, overcoming that for the believer is really important. So, like, I think it's important to make that distinction because um, there are people in the church who are guilty, like they feel guilty. Right. Um, and those people who live in that, um, I would have like the real challenge and, and question, like that I'd throw out there is like, are you one of the ones that Jesus says, "Depart from me, I never knew you." Like, mm. like I think it's important because you you see outward signs of of people um, bearing the fruit of the spirit as far as like maybe they're they're momentarily they're patient right or there's some believers that are like patient and yes. don't know the lord and they die not knowing him well but professing believers right yeah. um yeah. wait what you said believers oh yeah yeah sorry professing believers. there are non-believers like oh, that yeah. that are like more patient than any other believer we've met <laughs> for and, sure um you know like i can think of uh some of my family members and you know they are the most patient people in the world and i'm like if you if you were judging based off of patience, right? Like you'd be like, well, he's a believer and Michael's not, right? Right. right. Uh, but that's not the case, um, be, because they, I would say, those family members are living in guilt and and shame, right? Like of may, maybe maybe of their sin. But the distinction between the guilt and the conviction is, is whether or not you have the spirit dwelling inside of you. Right. Um, and you can tell the difference easily. Like, I, I like that word despair because your guilt will lead you to despair. 
um, your conviction will lead you to righteousness, right? Like to holiness, to seek it out, right? And that's where you said it's an active work. It's it's a difficult work. Like um, going out and living for for Christ is difficult. Like going and being obedient to his word because, like you said earlier, which I really liked, was the two balloon analogy. It's because you've not gotten rid of it. Like you're still living in this world, oh, right? wretched man that yeah. I am. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. And, and, you know, David's a great example of that because, um, he had so much power, um, and he was so righteous. Um, but he dealt with his flesh and his sin throughout his entire life and right. all of his earthly kingdom dealt with this. And like, um, I think we'd be fools to say otherwise about our own life. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree, and and I think I think it's so important to demystify this because the the church today, it's like come Holy Spirit, uh, we want to feel your presence. All it's all about how you feel. Sometimes you might feel like garbage. I mean, your emotions, hormones, you know how you how you think it might be all out of whack, but you can still be filled with the Spirit. You look at the characters in the Bible. I know. You know, you wouldn't say it would be uh, indwelling presence in Samson, but the spirit came upon him. And I, you know, he, he came upon him and you find this pattern of sin in Samson's life. Just because you sin does not mean that you cannot be filled with the spirit. Now, I would argue that if you're filled with the spirit, um, you can make a choice to sin, but you're going to grieve the spirit and you are no longer filled with the spirit at that moment. Um, you're indwelled. You're, in, you're, you're indwelled. Full. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and, and it's like the indwelling. It's this permanent. I don't know a good analogy, but it is it is a permanent residence where the seal has or the the spirit has taken up. Uh, he has filled the temple with his presence, and we are the temple of God. Uh, our bodies are the temple, and and so yeah. I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I, for yeah, that I too. can't. I can't think of anything. Like quality of life, like living in a basement. <laughs> yeah. Like you're. It's still your residence, but like. If you had the Holy Spirit living in your basement yeah. and never coming up, like do right. you have like a, I don't know, a good relationship with them. I'm trying yeah. to come up with something, man. Well, I, 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 my, you know, because that's still your residence. Um, and I'm I'm trying to like examine my life because the, yeah. the last or the last couple days, the last couple days, I've been very intentional uh, with asking for a filling of the Holy Spirit. And man, my last two days have been different. And you know, I look at it and and I think those two days were not sin- sinless. Right, I had sin, and one of the differences being filled with the Spirit is that I'm quicker to repent, I'm quicker to hate my sin, and quicker to um, do the right thing or to uh, correct my behavior. So that's that's one like, and and also part of the demystifying. It's like, look, let's be practical. Uh, Most people are not in full time ministry. And you know they think, oh, the the pastors can really be the spiritual ones because they're they're reading and they're anointed of God. And John tells us that we are all anointed by the Spirit. Now I do believe there are specific anointings to com- accomplish tasks, or missions, or messages. You can see that throughout the Book of Acts, where Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, was very bold, or Stephen was filled with the Spirit and he was very bold, but. On a day-to-day, changing kids' diapers, going to the grocery store, you know, uh, going to a nine-to-five, whatever it is, you know, staying up late to study, you can be filled with the Spirit, and it doesn't have to be this, like, sensational thing where you're, you know, fire is coming out of heaven. Yeah, so that's that's the practical thing. I think, like, what you're saying is is praying for it um, and enjoying, like, 
if you're filled with the spirit in the mundane parts of life, mm-hmm. you're going to be ready for the extraordinary parts of life. Yes. Um, and what I mean by that is like when you're changing diapers and you know, like for you moms out there and you're like, you, maybe you read like midnight mom and you understand like the, the struggles and, and whatnot of, of life. And you start to like, Oh, like what's my purpose? And like, you're like, Oh man, like I barely have time for the word. Like even just taking time, like pray to be filled. Um, so that when the opportunity comes to talk and speak truth to another mom who's going through the same thing, if you're not filled with the spirit, you're not going to be ready to be bold. Right. Right. So, um, like one of the things right here from got questions talking about being filled with the Holy spirit. Um, they say in this article to be filled with the Holy spirit is to be empowered and controlled by the spirit to experience renewal, obedience, boldness to witness and share the gospel and freedom from the power of sin. And they've got a reference here, which, you know, really stands out. Um, cause we've been in acts. Um, acts is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, just for the, the, the simplicity of just, it's tangible. You can see, you know, the, the early church starting the, to catch a flow and a rhythm and expanding. Um, so it's beautiful. Um, but here in, in chapter four, verse 31, it says, and when they prayed, when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Mm. So, um, lots of times, practically speaking for us, um, we're not dealing with any like major sin. Um, so maybe to take this conversation a little differently, right? Like not just the conviction of sin, but even the boldness of witness to be filled with the spirit or to not be filled is, is also going to show up in your witness. Um, if you're filled with the spirit, you're going to speak with boldness, um, praying. They, they prayed in acts to receive the boldness that the apostles had, that they, they right. wanted that same boldness and they didn't just have it right. They had the Holy spirit, mm. but they prayed for boldness, um, in their witness. And then it was in that, that feeling being full, right. Uh, with the spirit, um, that they spoke with such boldness. So for, for the mom who's struggling and whatnot, like, be praying, just actively praying. Like, yes. as you're changing those diapers, pray for patience, pray for yes. the filling of the spirit so that you could bear the fruit of the spirit um, and that you could be a light to the world. And when the next mom comes up to you and is saying like, Hey, like, I don't know how I'm getting, like, I don't mm-hmm. know how you do it. And you say, I'm not the, the, the right. Lord is working through me. And this is what it means to be filled with the spirit. And that can be an evangelism opportunity for someone who's not a believer to give them the hope um, that is only found in Jesus to get, to give and to show them the rest um, that is only found in Christ our Savior and our Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it can also be a point of discipleship uh, where we are simply um, encouraging other believers who are dealing with the same things and strengthening them um, and encouraging them to, to good works in the Lord. So I think that's like, like you're talking about, like the mundane, right? Like yeah. those who, yeah. um, you know, some of us don't have those Right, we've got like basic, sin. like we, you hit an area in your life, a point, and like this week is less full of sin, right? Right, right. But like, are you full of the Spirit? Yeah. So just because like sin's difference. been uh, suppressed, which is great, um, there's also like many other things that we're supposed to be doing. And in essence, if we're not, we're ultimately sinning anyways. Yeah. Right, like yeah. Um, we could say like, oh, I haven't had many opportunities to witness. And it's like, oh, like, are you looking for the opportunities to witness? Right. Um, and if you're not... Um, then I'd say that you need to be. If, if you're not discipling somebody, right? Like if, if you're not actively investing your life in other people, I would I would argue that 
you're quenching the spirit there right. because the spirit right. is, is dwelling inside of you to sanctify you and to use you uh, to disciple other people, to, to love on them, to encourage them and lead them in, in grace and truth. So no, no, those and are, it, it's progressive. Too. Yeah. And also just to, you know, you mentioned moms in the diaper. So I'll say wives and your husbands mm-hmm. just, you know, we're sometimes insensitive jerks. So, you know, you can, when, when we are, uh, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about other men in the church, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, not Michael and I, but, you know, show them patience, show them love, ask God for the grace and the filling of the spirit to be able to put up with them. And we will do like, you know, vice versa. Um, another thing, I don't know if we touched on this, but another way I think you know that you're filled with spirit is if you're making much of Jesus. If Because Jesus, uh, the, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit's primary role is to exalt Christ, to, uh, you know, glorify him and that that is one of the ways if someone is obsessed with the name of jesus the person of jesus that is evidence that you have the holy spirit and are being filled with the spirit because no one can say jesus is lord except for the spirit of god so what what would you say at least with that so no one can say that jesus is lord mm-hmm. i could get anybody to say that you could so what do you yeah, mean elon musk said it the other day uh, he said Jesus Babylon is Lord. B. He he prayed. Oh, on Babylon B. Ba- no, but no, no. It was it was a real. Is it, it not the B? No, no. It was it was the interview. So the Babylon B interviewed Elon Musk, and at the end, they're like, "All right, well, will you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior?" And they were like, they were testing the waters, half joking, and he was very uncomfortable. He goes, "Okay," and he kind of almost got to that by saying Jesus is Lord. Uh, he accepted him very tentatively as Lord and Savior. Because then, you know, if he's real, then I'm willing to accept him. Mm-hmm. So it, it was kind of parody. It was kind of embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you think about uh, Paul to the Corinthians. That was a political statement back then. And saying Jesus is Lord, the implication, my Lord, that was much more, and that was against Caesar, right? So you're saying I'm forsaking all for Jesus because Jesus is Lord. He's the master, the commander, the curios of my life. You know, he is my God. So... I'm not going to add the my in there, but I think that is by implication. And that's just part of the revelation is no one can declare with truth, with, um, with meaning truth. It's basically a statement of faith. Jesus is a Lord. Mm-hmm. Now there are people who make that statement without faith mm-hmm. and therefore it's vain. And, and it's, it's a good point because this goes into really what James's argument was. Um, show me your faith apart from your works yeah, and I'll exactly. show you, show me, show me your faith. Show me your sure. works by your faith, and I'll show yeah. you my faith by my works. Yes. Yeah. So that's a great point because works don't save us, but works are a result of our salvation. And then real practical, get back to um, don't be drunk uh, with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And then uh, the the wording used from gotquestions.com. Are you controlled by something else, or are you controlled by the Spirit? Bingo. Now. Now, it, it, it does get that simple. So I hope that, like, we didn't waste your time here uh, today. But, well, give the uh, Bible, so. But, but yeah, <laughs> but, but take, take wine out of it. So maybe you, you, you aren't controlled and have never been controlled and don't care for, for alcohol, right? Uh, that analogy and comparison rings true for anything. Are you controlled by anything else mm. other than the Spirit? Yeah. Um, as a Christian, so, like, let me speak to the Christians. Um, because that's, this is for the members yeah. and regular tenders. Um, you are not to be controlled by anything else. 
The Spirit is dwelling inside of you. So give him control over your life. It's a daily surrender. Like this is really to me like what it means to take up your cross daily. You're surrendering um, to Christ and giving way for the Spirit to work in your life. Uh, to convict you of the sin and to give you the power to overcome that sin. So we're not just praying helplessly like, God, um, help me quit being mean to my wife. And then like you whack your wife and you're like, oh man, didn't work. I've got to pray it again. Like, no, you need to actively like work on that. Yes. Um, and he's giving you the power to do that. But it's, it's going to be in your surrender that you find the victory, like that, yeah. that you're really o- going to overcome that. And it's not always this mystical thing of like, you know, like being slain in the spirit and falling over. Like I don't buy like the spirit's going to yeah. RKO you out of nowhere and you're going to fall down in your house. Like, I just I don't buy that, but the spirit is taking full control um, in that way in our surrender. So surrender daily, surrender and and yes. yield to the spirit. And and don't don't so if you fall and you will fall. The righteous man falls seven times and he gets back up every time. This this is this is to me very valuable that when I fall, I come right back. I don't weigh. I don't become defeated and wallow in that. I say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me for Christ's sake, fill me with your spirit immediately. And um, just being conscience, conscious of that, you know, when you, you're, you're going to fall, but just keep keep going, keep being filled. And um, I don't know if you were going to wrap here soon, but... Uh, you want me to wrap? No, no, I was just, I don't know if you're going to. I had a, a couple concluding thoughts. I mean, I can rap on some Shylin songs. And yeah. What do you mean? Might, well, you did rap on the July 4th. I, I have that picture of you. Oh, you you look like you're, you and Gary were both. I totally should <laughs> sometimes just like bust out in like one of his like reformed raps. Yeah, you, he has one on the Holy Spirit. So, so here, here's something else. Galatians, uh, Paul says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Does he who uh, does he who supply the Spirit to you and work miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So it comes down to faith, a gift that God grants us. He, you know, he gifts us with faith. He gives us with repentance. That's an ongoing process. So don't try to walk by the spirit, by the works of the law. Walk by faith and you will fulfill the, the works of the law. Boom. Anything else? Yeah, one more thing. Okay, so, <laughs> so sorry, I went through this with my kids and they really liked it on the whiteboard. All right, so. In I'm the, over here talking about reading my Bible with May Lee at our like nice wooden table and you're like, I bust out a whiteboard. Yeah, hey, someone's got to do a, hey, a no, good I, job of raising their I love kids. It. And I love that you posted no, that, the I, Facebook. I, yeah, I like. Well, I, I wanted to post the one last night, but I haven't, I haven't done. I didn't take a video. I just took a picture. I could show you the whiteboard. But uh, Jesus gives analogies about persistence, uh, about the friend who comes in at midnight. Basically, he lets him in because he keeps knocking at the door, and he says, um, "Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened." What father among you, and by the way, the other uh, gospels say, you fathers, even though you're evil, 
If he asks his son for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, who, or this is actually the passage, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so I said, kids, if you, and I drew a picture of me and them, and I said, if you come up to me and you say, Dad, I want cereal, and I drew a little cereal box, and I said, no. Here's, here's a rock instead. I, I would never do that. Fathers wouldn't do that. I'm evil and I give my children what they need and ask for. Comparing me to God, God is not evil. He's good. So it's an a priori argument that if God is greater than me and he is, and I'm evil and I give to my children something that they need, how much more will the Father not give us the Holy Spirit when we ask? So keep asking. Keep knocking, uh, and you will receive. The door will be opened. So that was my for the spirit or for more of the spirit. More of the spirit. Yeah. For for because you more got the, of the spirit. Because you have the spirit. Yeah. Yes. That's like I'll end it here. It's like having um, the ability to use Thor's hammer, mm. and you just like leave it sitting around. The truth is, even if you all aren't Marvel people like me, like I, I'm not a Marvel person. If you gave me Thor's hammer, like legit, like with all its power, and I'd be able to use it, guess who's not leaving that thing at home? <laughs> I'm taking that thing everywhere. Mm. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna be proud of it. Like if you, you know, like we talk about like all these superpowers, right? Like the, the one question, you know, like icebreakers for people. If you could have one superpower, what would you have? My guess is, is if you were gonna say a certain superpower, you would actually use it, right? Like so, yeah. take Thor's hammer out of it. Why don't we use the spirit? Yeah. He's living inside of you. Use him. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, God, God, the Holy God, the Holy Spirit wants to be used. Yes, He's dwelling inside of you, like wanting to be used, not to be quenched. Like Paul's command is legit, and it's a legit concern for anybody in the church to be suppressing and, and grieving the Spirit by sinning and by by not seeking Him in our life yeah. daily. And it's jo- it is so joyful. I have been happier, more joyful the last two days than I have been in a long time. And guess what? Not everything has gone well. There there have been some bad things have happened, but I'm okay because the Spirit isn't dwelling me. I'm filled with Him. When I sin, I repent. When my wife and kids act out of line, my wife doesn't act out of line. It's just my kids. Uh, I'm I'm okay. You know, I can still love them. Show you. You know, kindness and gentleness and all those things regardless. Amen. All right, church, we hope that this podcast helped you to put Jesus into perspective. If you have questions about this episode or a previous episode or about a relationship with Jesus, please go to newhilloh.com slash ask to send in your questions for a biblical response. Church, go and honor God and all that you do. Observe the things that he's commanded. Provide to the needs of others and extend the offer that's been extended to you. Peace. Godspeed.